What's the panic meter surrounding the Charlotte Hornets after their loss to Minnesota in overtime last night? Plus, it's West Wednesdays. We play fire or fizzle at the end. All today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and we're available on all platforms. Check us out wherever you get your pods. Also check us out on YouTube where you can catch us there as well. Follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, and the show feed at Locked On Hornets. Another bad loss, Doug. I'm sorry you can't put on the big dub hat. Instead, just had to go with your run-of-the-mill pinstripe Hornets hat, which looks pretty dope, but I can't Thanks. lie. I would like to have seen that dub hat in, instead, but you can't wear it. I mean, brutal. Like this, we're, we're in a brutal state right now. We're about to hit the Mayday button going into the All-Star break where the only game you have left is at home against the Miami Heat, the number one team in the Eastern Conference. It does not it doesn't look good for them right now. I mean, it's brutal for three quarters of this game against Minnesota. I had the big dub hat out of the <laughs> basketball goal and on my desk ready to wear. Mm. And then in the fourth quarter, the Charlotte Hornets give up nine offensive rebounds and then in overtime uh, don't don't pay attention on defense. Uh, I thought defensively and just uh, as an overall like attention to details kind of game, this was one of the worst for the Charlotte Hornets. And specifically, I'm going to call out Miles Bridges, who got backdoor yeah. who got backdoor cut off ball in the fourth quarter that allowed an offensive rebound that turned in, turned into a D'Angelo Russell three that got them within four, I believe, at that point. Uh, and then got backdoor cut for an actual basket in overtime that I thought really shifted the momentum fully into Minnesota's favor. But he wasn't the only one. Just a lack of physicality on the boards in that fourth quarter. Montrez, uh, LaMelo, Miles. I mean, it was all just like allowing Minnesota to get into a position where they could utilize their superstar. And Carl Anthony Towns delivered. Carl Anthony Towns was special. You tweeted it. I honestly thought about tweeting it. It helps to have a superstar. I mean, 39 points. The guy's amazing. Offensively, he's one of the most gifted big men that we've ever seen in NBA history, especially when it just comes to shooting the basketball. He's legitimately one of the best. He goes four of 11, but it was the three three-pointers that he hit at the end of the game. Now, the only real problem I have with one of those threes is the fact that Montrez Harrell was so far off of him. Uh, during his last three that he hit. Mm. But the one that got him the one-point lead, 105 to 104, when he hit that three-pointer, and Carl Anthony Towns seemed more relieved than he did excited after they got that lead, it was that Mason was contesting on that. You know, like, he's out there pretty decently far, and even James Borrego after the game said he felt like they did a decent job on the perimeter against Cat until late, and then, you know, it, it all went to hell. But Montrez playing far off of him, and then you mentioned Miles Bridges. I was going to talk about him as well. You know, he got beat back door a couple of different times. And this is the prop. This is the thing that holds Miles back defensively from being a, a real problem, because we know that one on one ISO like he can hold his own a little bit. Lateral quickness isn't amazing, but, you know, he can still come over for weak side blocks, too, as a team defender that mm -hmm. can help as well. But he falls asleep 
like this is this is what happens with my I literally said this yesterday on the show that your best defenders, you're missing Cody Martin, you're missing Jalen McDaniels, you know, PJ, I mean, I, de- defensively, yes, he's one of the better defenders. It's a problem when he only hits one field goal and that happens a little too often, but other guys are getting involved in the offense, whatever. Like Miles needs to be a two way player. And I, you know, sometimes he is. But then other possessions, he's not where he falls asleep. And that was a real problem. You're right. It wasn't just Miles, but those were some of the more egregious errors. When you get beat back door late like that, that's what's tough. No, and I, and I think I, I've read some comments on YouTube and Twitter about how we're hard on Miles and, and LaMelo Ball sometimes. It's like, yes, they are the leaders of the team. They're the best players on the team. You expect them to play big in big moments, and when they don't, I think you have an obligation to call it out. And look, Miles had a great game offensively. 28 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean, he was doing a lot of fantastic things, uh, but uh, the things that don't show up in the box score, like paying attention on off-ball defense – Cost, I think, cost them uh, this game. Uh, P.J. Washington, not great on offense in this game. One of five for three points. Kelly Oubre, his, I mean, his descent offensively. He's hurting is, the team. It's it's bad. It, it, it's him. as damaging as it is confounding. I mean, I know you're not confounded by it. You seem to think that this was always going to be what, what Kelly <laughs> Oubre turned into. But, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't very long ago when when you and I were sitting here debating whether Kelly Oubre should be be getting more consideration for Sixth Man of the Year over uh, Tyler yeah. Hero, and that conversation is completely gone. We were also we were also discussing Miles Bridges for Most Improved Player, and I think that conversation is gone. Yeah, I, I don't know if this stat line shows that more so on a national basis with Miles, but like it, it's probably gone because Darius Garland is going to take that. He's he's the leader in the clubhouse now. And when we talk about Kelly, it's Ubre, gone because the Hornets are losing. Like that's what you, you can't get you can't get an NBA award when your team has lost eight out of the last nine. And if they continue to slide all the way out of the playoffs, then then no Hornet will be in any kind of discussion. Yeah, it's brutal right now. I mean, here they are. I believe they've only won one game now in their last 10 that they've played. Their only victory coming against the Detroit Pistons. You talk about Kelly Oubre. He goes 0-4 from the three-point line. He missed some bunnies. I think in the third quarter, he he did all right and hit some shots. But um, there was the one shot late where he wasn't able to convert on a potential and one that seemed like that's one where he should have finished. There was one shot earlier in the game that was point blank. Montrez Harrell is able to grab it and then stuff it home. But Kelly you know, could have hit that shot at least earlier on. Like Kelly, Kelly's not good right now. It's, it's really bad for him. Um, one other thing we, we need to discuss just as one of the bigger storylines of how this team played and just the rotation was we saw a lot of Mason Plumley, Montrez Harrell again, and you talked about it yesterday. Double you big. thought that. sometimes three big because yeah. they they, yeah. they ran PJ Washington out there with that crew too, super big. Well, and Borrego kind of talked about maybe running JT Thor at the three, Miles more Thor at the three. I need Thor. more Thor. I got a little so bit of wa- Thor. I know. I, I was wondering where Thor. you were going to be with him because you said you wanted to see him in the first quarter and you didn't want to see him in garbage time. Well, you I did get that. Thor at the end of the first. You got Thor at the beginning of the second, at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. That was it. That was the 11 minutes, a little bit past it for JT. But I, I do want to talk about just going real big. Montrez, Mason on the floor. It was weird because here's Mason Plumley 
almost getting a triple double and should have had it by the third quarter. You know, there is, a, I mean, Miles Bridges missed a, 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 I mean, what was it? Was it him not being able to hold on to a pass or I think he missed a layup in the third quarter? Poor, poor Mason, just an opportunity. Right. It wouldn't be his first triple double, by the way. He got, uh, he may have more than this, but I know for a fact he had one uh, in Detroit. Uh, so but. 14 points, 17 rebounds, six offensive rebounds. And he had nine assists. And again, he had nine assists by the third quarter, except Miles Bridges can't finish. The other thing about Miles, look, I, I'm going to say something positive about him too. But the other one was like the Montrez Harrell heater, like the hot probably sal- a little off target. The hot salami. It, <laughs> it was hot. It was a little behind him. It was one. It, it's it's one of those if the quarterback is throwing to the running back coming out of the flat, like you don't hit him in stride, but still the running back hands on to it, gotta on catch to it. it. Hands on, yeah, catch and that that and that would have been a dunk, and that would have given them the lead. Now Minnesota comes back and hits a three right after that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know that that was something that that hurt them. All coming back to the big lineup at the end of the game, I don't want it, and we mm. saw it in overtime. Well, and at we the end of the game, the and you quarter. still can't get a defensive rebound. That's the right. frustrating part about it, right? Well, because, you go super big right. and you can't get a daggone rebound. Right, because it was weirdly working at first. Like Mason was hitting people on cuts and Trez was still finishing at a high level and defensively, they weren't giving up a ton of points. They had a 10-point lead. And then at the end, like that's where, you know, that's where it just doesn't work for you. I I think you need to have PJ out there defensively and as a three-point shooter. Mason, Montrez, they're not good defensively. They're not going to be three-point shooters. I think you can't play those guys constantly. You need to have PJ out there. When Jalen comes back, fine, put Jalen back there. But you need a defender. Like You need somebody that I can trust on that end of the floor. And I just can't really do that with Trez and Mason. Even if it worked for a while, great. But closing minutes... We're all a little wary of it, and it turned out like our worries came to fruition. We have a a lot of international viewers now that we've moved to YouTube, and I'm not sure exactly how my daggone is going to (laughs) land. I made a joke on Williams, maybe. Yeah, I well, I mean, I just don't know if they're going to understand daggone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, someone on Twitter, uh, a follower of ours uh, made a joke uh, that Plumley looked like Walmart Jokic out there. And then I replied, he looks like big lots country. And uh, the, the, okay. uh, the follower is from uh, Australia. And so he had to do some Googling to understand, uh, that reference, big lots, big country. lots. Is that a Southern thing? I, I think big lots got, it got to the North, right? I don't know. I don't know uh, the geography. I don't know the scope of the big lots in North America. Um, but, you know, Should. big country did play in Canada. So. He did. That's true. So, yeah, big lots, big country. What about a Winn-Dixie Jokic? Maybe we could go that way. I think way. that's pretty. I think Winn-Dixie, although there was a movie uh, with Winn-Dixie in it. <laughs> Where are we going right. with this? I'm not this sure. Has gone off the rails <laughs> because I was genuinely interested in talking more. This about This is what that. happens. Let's, this is what happens when the Hornets lose eight yeah. of their last nine games. And by the way, Walker, I just want to say yeah. this: four of these were very winnable games. You can oh, even, yeah, if you wanted to stretch it, say five and say that the Memphis game. I'm not going to count that one because of how horrible the first half was again against Memphis, uh, and they made this you know rally, but no, no chance of winning that game. Uh, and so four of these were winnable. If they win four of these games, Walker, we're talking about them in at worst seventh, but probably sixth in the East right now. Instead, we're looking at this and the Hornets 
are with one more game to go before the all-star break are quickly slipping out of even the play-in conversation or just or just win two or three like let's say they are struggling but they're not just completely faltering. We saw that happen earlier in the season when they were down mm-hmm. a lot of players and they were going out west and losing a lot. They had key wins uh, against Atlanta on December 5th and then Sacramento on December 10th. That was in the midst of five other losses. And they got a win against San Antonio after a loss to Dallas. So they were able to sprinkle in, you know, some opportunities against decent teams, not Detroit. You know, the win against Detroit barely counts. It should count as a half a win. I mean, the, the, the Detroit Pistons are losing by 26 points a game. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy how bad right. they are. Right, um, Wes Bryant's going to – oh, yeah. you, you're not done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, to No, no, it's okay. Gun. So please stop me before I just say we, something outrageous and, and yeah. make another big You want to talk reference. about the Piggly Wiggly before we go on? <laughs> Is that something you want to do? Let's go to Wes Bryant. Let's go there quickly. All right. All right, NBA fans. You're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA. I know you are. You need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know you will too. If you go to Prize Picks, it's extremely easy to use. You pick a couple of players, maybe five, and over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Prize Picks is safe. It also offers fast withdrawals. Using the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play is something that you can do. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores just a single point. Wes Bryant going to be with us on the other side to cheer us all up. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets podcast. This, this is Locked On Hornets. You know, you give them the pink to let them know you have the a little bit of a softer side, but you give them the black to let them know it's still real out here. Don't <laughs> <run up laughs> no, I just got to let you know it's still real. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. You know, it's still real out here with Wes Bryant joining <laughs> us on West Wednesdays on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your pods. Find Wes on Twitter, by the way, the Graham, Facebook, all the social media at Wes Got Range. He's also got the fashion with the sweater he brings in. Everything he wears <laughs> on the show is straight fire yeah appreciate you hopping on man how are you doing what's going on glad to be back with my guys we missed last week but hey you know no time like the present doug's got a baby that's what he's been using as an oh, excuse baby, i was in la hey Super doug Bowl i know look doug look look walker <laughs> he doesn't know that dad life yet he don't know he doesn't i really know. don't i'm scared the way you guys i mean i'm t- i'm petrified to do it's that great. Right no no now. no you don't need to guess you you think that mm-hmm. people are automatically think that before it happens, but once you have it, man, you it's, it's adjusting a little bit to your life. There's some adjustments to be made, but it's straight, man, because the thing is, like people say, it's cliche. It's no handbook to it. You just got to take it day by day, hour by hour, and just just do you, man. You'll be a great dad. Well, it, I appreciate Listen, that. it's an absolute yeah. treasure. Every time you look yeah. at their face, you're reminded 
that people let you off the hook for everything when you have a baby. Like, oh, you this can say that I have a baby. They say, okay, I'm oh, sorry. I was just about to say that you can't use kids <laughs> for a great excuse for a lot of stuff. Yes. Okay, you know what? You're, you guys are right. I'm having a baby. You guys yeah. can this. <laughs> hey, have you one. Can use, Thank you, guys. And it never stops until they get older. You can use them for excuses all the time. You're like, look, man, I got to take my son here. I, I can't come. Or, nah, I can't do that, man. Me and my son got to... What are people going to say? What are they going to say? Well, look, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have no problem using anything as an excuse for what, any kind of poor work that I put out there. And so, uh, yeah, you guys have convinced me. I'm going to go have one. Yeah, and, man. See, see you in nine months. You got all it. right. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, hopping on with us, Wes, and give me the life yeah. advice. The Hornets need some advice on how to get back on yes, track because yes. it's been ugly here in Buzz City. They've only have they only have one win in their last ten games now. Uh, their last win outside of Detroit was against the Lakers, and even then, I remember us talking about that victory against the Lakers, and it seemed like that they were going. It seemed like that they might lose that one. There were still some problems in that game, but they were yeah. able to hold on. And we were giving this team credit for being able to do that. And now, like against Minnesota, you're up ten points. They come crawling back and eventually win in overtime. How much of this is because of the youth, Wes? Like, how much of this is because this team is is still young? Lamelo Ball is the leader. Miles Bridges in his fourth season. You know, it's not like he's a complete puppy out there, but he's also not this seasoned veteran. You know, what what is playing a role in some of these losses? Not being able to finish games. Man, the biggest thing has just been the shooting. It just comes and it goes. I mean, you look at these games. I mean, we were shooting the lights out the majority of the season. And then it seemed like the last three weeks or so, like, we have a quarter where we look like the greatest offensive team in basketball. And then we have a quarter where we look like we can't play a lick. Um, I forget which game was. We had the eight-point uh, quarter. Um, yeah. oh, I forget which game that was. I mean, you look at last night, we shoot 24% from three, 41% for the game. So it's like you, we make some silly mistakes here and there. But I think for the most part, we get away sometimes from our identity in some matchups. Like when we play against some of the better teams, especially like the Heat or teams that can really play defense, that really take away, you know, that are that are good enough to be able to close off the paint, but then they can also close out on the Hornets threes. We have a hard time with that. And then we start to play a little hero ball sometimes. But then, you know, like last night, you look, uh, Harold had the one back down. Miles cuts. He's wide open. Miles drops the ball. Or Mason drops the ball coming into the paint. Or, you know, Terry, right. you know, misses a couple shots that he normally would make. And all that stuff, when a team gets hot like the like the Temples did, look, Carl Anthony Towns wasn't shooting the ball well from three at all. And then he just turns into Larry Bird all of a sudden down the stretch <laughs> and hitting everything he puts up. So it's like, man, it, I think it's just some, some bad fortune. I think the depth is catching up a little bit. Uh, we could use some of those guys, especially Cody and Jalen and a lot of those guys, we could use that. Because if you look at this roster now with the addition of Harold, which I love, by the way, I'm sure we'll get to that. But, you know, this team at four strength can literally go 10 deep. And so I think now, you know, I'm not sure if guys are running out of gas late in games or what, but the shooting, I think, is the number one thing. It's just been coming and going. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. Well, yeah, and, the, uh, and go ahead, Doug. The uh, eight-point quarter was against uh, Miami, that disastrous right. yes, third quarter yes. in, the, in the blow. And by the way, they play Miami coming up on Thursday right before the right My before son the after the game, he was going to be, be a Heat fan after that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> you know how kids do. They I go mean, in I the get winter. It. That's one thing I, mean, I, I learned about the kids, too. 
uh, Walker, if you have a kid, especially their son, when they watch games, they're going to go with who the winner is. Right. Uh, they switch up mid-game on you. But no, that yeah, that game was winning. What were you going to say, Doug? But I think Brutal. the depth the depth uh, conversation is is a serious point because I think the Hornets, you know, just the way they were structured, the the youth, uh, the, the lack of kind of multiple superstars means that you really do have to stay healthy. And we've seen not only in this stretch, but uh, but in a lot of stretches this season, James Borrego has really relied on the the veteran players that he that he does have, uh, not so much on the rookies, and he has shortened rotations, a lot of minutes, a lot of miles uh, on on uh, these guys heading into the All Star mm-hmm. break. But they did add one player, Montrez Harrell, to uh, to at least add some depth down low. What have you seen from Harrell in in his uh, a few game debut? Oh, I love it, especially with the fact that we didn't have to give up much to get him. Yeah. We needed a guy had been saying that can slow the pace, get you a bucket in the half court setting that Miles, even though he's one of the NBA leaders in points in the paint per game, but he has to start or he starts a lot of his possessions from the three point line, whether it's the elbow, top of the key and he drives. So that's a different type of paint player, especially when you play teams who pick up on that tendency, and especially when his three ball isn't falling like it has not been. So teams say, okay, we're just going to back off you and give you space and let you shoot, whereas now we have a guy that's going to come and set up on the block. You can push the ball in there. He's decisive with the basketball when he gets it. He's either going to go or he's going to pass. And so that makes the defense have to make a decision quickly. We saw it at the end of that uh, the game with um, Lord have mercy. Who was that? Well, against the Grizzlies, so he, was, he yes. was coming up big. Yes, yeah. the Grizzlies. So down the stretch, we saw that they started committing to double teams. He would kick it to one guy, hockey assist to somebody else, open shot. And so I think that's what he brings to the table. And I'm very excited to see uh, that. And coming into this game, I felt like they would really be able to do some damage if they could just get off to a good start. And I said in a post game after that Grizzlies game, I said, it's like the Hornets don't believe a team is good until they get hit in the mouth and they're down 16. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this team can play. Like, it's like, come on. Like, if they could just start games. I mean, they played that second half against the Grizzlies with such a sense of urgency. And it's like, and I know JB feels like if we could just bottle that up for four quarters, man, we would be really something to deal with. You know, here's something we haven't talked about as much. When we talk about the shooting problems, before we get to the third segment, LaMelo had a real cold streak in the entire mm-hmm. month of January where he was shooting below th- uh, 30%. Mm-hmm. on seven attempts per game. It was real bad. <coughs> he's fixed that this month. Yep. Like LaMelo's actually not been a part of the shooting woes, and he's been fixed that for a while now. They've got a bunch of L's, but it's because a lot of other people aren't shooting well. Like his numbers have kind of uh, stabilized. You look at him, he's shooting 45% from deep this month alone. He goes three of eight last night. That's actually one of the worst shooting nights that he's had so far in the month of February. You go to his backcourt, mate. That's where it gets troublesome because Kelly Oubre in a in a awful downfall right now can't hit anything. PJ Washington, you know, over a season sample, he's going to shoot forty, but can go through fluctuations here and there. We know that Miles Bridges has not been the same shooter as he was last year, but Terry Rozier, that's what's really hurting because if you look at him attempting almost ten and a half three pointers per game in this month, he's shooting thirty one percent. 
I think if you look at Terry, he's got to get it going from deep. And I think that's going to fix some of these L's too. I, it's not Terry's fault. Like everybody's got to get better. I don't want to say that, but we're talking about guys that you're used to being just lights out shooting. That's what Terry's been the last few years here with Charlotte. It has not been that way for him. February or January started to go down a little bit, but February it's been, it's been pretty disastrous for them. Yeah, and so the thing, and the thing Lamelo did, he hit a stretch for about five games or so, where he was one of the tops in the league as far as drives and getting to the line and yeah. and doing those things. And that's the way he he started to fix those woes. And that's the way a lot of guys are doing too. But like you said with Terry, yeah, Terry, he has been putting them up, and so it just hurts when they hit those coaches when Lamelo's not hitting his threes, and then when Terry's not hitting his threes, and and Kelly, like you said, that's been the guy I've been wanting to get back on track because so many looks that he was hitting that you felt like you could just start running back the other way for. I mean, he's had, of course, looks that have been contested, but he's had open looks that he normally knocks down that haven't been going down. And so they go through a stretch of three, four, five minutes where they don't score, and the other team goes on an 8-10-0 run. Well, yeah, that's how they find themselves down yeah. double digits. And then your margin of error, like with the Grizzlies, it becomes so slim. I mean, that comeback they they had was amazing. I mean, I was literally sitting there when Montrez got the three-point play. I was like, man, we're about to win this game, and this is going to be unbelievable. But it's like the margin of error is so small. You cut a 30-point lead to five. You're lucky enough to do that. But then John Morant comes down and he makes you make one missed assignment or something like that. Or like last night, I saw Doug pointed it out on Twitter uh, with with uh, Miles giving up the back door. It's like you make one little mistake here or there and you kind of right back at square one. So it's like it just teeter totters a lot like my college yeah. uh, teams at Wake Forest. Either the offense is rolling and the defense is not. And then the defense gets going and the offense is not. And they just got to find that happy medium where they both have been, uh, where they both can be on the same, uh, the same plane. Yeah. And I think all of this stuff, uh, all of this stuff kind of works together, right? I mean, some of the defensive issues that they've had have been uh, attention to detail kind of things that sometimes you can make up for when you have a serious rim protection threat and you're not throwing out all of these junk defenses, you're playing a lot of zone. And guys have had to play more minutes because of injuries, because of COVID. And that's probably, you know, related to some of these shooting woes. These guys are out of gas. The legs are heavy. We're heading into the all-star right. break. All this stuff sort of flows together. But what makes this this Minnesota loss, I think, particularly frustrating is that the Charlotte Hornets were not hitting shots. And yet the offense was coming uh, relatively easy because they were getting to the basket. They were getting mm-hmm. fouled. Uh, they got a lot of foul opportunities. They missed some uh, sort of clutch free throw opportunities, but they were uh, volume at least was good from the free throw line. A- and yet, you know, they still have these little detail pieces um, that that caused them to lose the game, giving up the nine offensive rebounds. Oh, uh, and I had to mention missing clutch yeah. uh, free throws too, man, because Miles missed a few down the stretch right. uh, that you that you felt Go like where well, they had a chance to go right. up one and he missed and he only tied. But yeah, you look, they shot 37 free throws last night. When's the last time we've seen that? Because we know the Hornets as far as free throw attempts has been in the yeah. bottom tier of the league for most yeah. of the year. Well, and, and the thing about Miles too, real quickly, like Miles Bridges, I mean, huge three-pointer in the corner, and I want to give him credit for that. And the and the ability to drive, he's been so good at finishing at the rim all season long. And then he drives, gets fouled. You're thinking, okay, hit a couple of free throws, 
and then you win this thing. He only ties it. You hope that he can hit both of these free throws, especially last year where he's almost at 90% from the charity stripe. It's gone significantly down this year. But Miles had a couple of offensive plays, had a lot of offensive plays where he really helped the Hornets stay in it or, you know, at least keep pace with the momentum that the Timberwolves were having. But, you know, it just in the end, it didn't work out. So they lose again to Minnesota. One of their last 10 have resulted in a victory. You got one more game against Miami That's tomorrow night. Before the All-Star break, it would be a huge victory for them just to stabilize themselves again and then to get to 500, eight days rest, come back, play the last third of the season and see what can happen. So we'll see exactly uh, if the Hornets can get a victory tomorrow. Enough of that. Let's go to the positive vibes. Straight fire, straight fizzle. Also show and tell. We're playing so many games here because we love to do that on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And if you like to play games and if you like to maybe put a little skin in the game and go to bet online football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information, all of that good stuff. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts. We're playing games ourselves coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You you think no, Russ? Do you think he's coming out? Listen, listen. Okay. Listen, number one, number one. Are you listening? Number one, he's a certified gamer. Number two, Part game, don't rust. I'm with Part game, don't rust. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It is not a West Wednesday until (laughs) West takes us mobile or he leaves the camera entirely. I love it. He is on the scene. We are going to get to his show and tell. Doug is contributing. I don't really have anything at the drop of a hat right now. Like, I I just don't have anything as cool as I'm sure what you guys have. Let's go to Wes first because you are the guest, and that's only what a good person uh, with a good hospitality might do. So, Wes, let's go see what your product is today for show and tell. All right. So, you guys asked for us. So I've got the – hold on. Let me – what is this going to be? What is this? I, I, he's putting on. I'm not going to put of... it on for you. I, I, I'm not going to put it on for you, but I'm, I got it for you to show. Okay. I would like for you so to you put it on. I think so. that would be. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Say no, no, no. no. Okay, no, no. Yes, let him put I'm it on. Put it all okay. over this. All right. Okay. You want it? While you do that, I'm going to do my show and tell really quick. Okay, do your thing. Hold on. All right. So recently, I went out to L.A. I went to the Super Bowl radio row. So I have two things. I've got. I got a mug. Anytime I go to a city, I get a little. Calf. I got. I like to go to a diner and try to buy a mug. This is from the original pantry in downtown Los Angeles. It okay. says since 1924, never closed. Um, they were closed on Monday and Tuesday. I had to go on, <laughs> on Wednesday, <laughs> except for those two days. Uh, to get yeah, except for those two days, they never closed. All right. Second, real quick, um, at Radio Row, we interviewed someone who does um, who has done Super Bowl posters, famous Super Bowl posters, and I got these cards. Look at this Mad Mac. Oh, here. that's excellent! Yeah, Fantastic. I actually saw, I actually saw Jim McMahon. Um, it's like a oh. Road Warrior Jim McMahon poster for the listeners. Oh. Um, it looks like he's holding maybe like a Nintendo gun. You know those Nintendo 
Fine. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it was. It looks like he's. It, it looks like there's fire surrounding him. Is that smoke that he that is surrounding him? Yeah, it's smoke. It's like a Mad Max kind of thing, but it's a okay, Mad Max. The bears are behind him. There's an actual bear, I think, in the poster. And again, I That's don't. I think really this cool. was before the days of Photoshop. So I think they actually put a trained bear <laughs> next to the quarterback of the. Chicago Bears that seems kind of we dangerous. hope it's a trained bear yeah I didn't even think about this like <laughs> I've got three more okay I've got one from Warren Moon Dan Marino and Troy Aikman but I can actually they're all wearing things I can actually use these for fire and fizzle so I'm going to save the rest of my show and tell yeah, 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 yeah I like that okay all right, let's um, let's go to Wes all right so yeah for, the, for those that don't know real quickly as Doug was one killing time as well as giving us that good old show and tell content. Con- what are you talking about killing time? That was excellent yeah, content. That, that was, yeah. and you can only see it on YouTube. So go check us out there. During that entire time, Wes, I, I didn't expect this. I thought Wes was going to put on like an awesome sweatshirt or a jersey, maybe put on some shoes. But really, he put all of the above on except for shoes. He is currently wearing a onesie. A Charlotte Hornets onesie. onesie. He's got the hood on. I mean, you look comfy, Wes. <laughs> look at that. Look at the onesie. There you go. Turn but around. That's because I, I got the sweatshirt on. And I didn't take the sweatshirt off. That's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Tell us the story about the onesie. All right, man. So I was just, you know, like I said, I go through. Hold on. I have me burning up. <laughs> the onesie is too warm. He's currently yeah, now stripping the onesie off. It is. It is for the winter time. So don't turn uh, into straight I'm fire right here in front of us. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm going through the um, the team store like I do. You know, I have a production meeting and a little trip through there just to see what they have. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around, and you know, I see the onesie, and I said, "Man." I say, you know, I know people wear them for holidays and stuff. You take the cute picture with your girl or with your family and your onesie and all that. But I said, I said, man, I said, think about it. I said, well, you know what? I said, at night, I said, if I do get chilly, I said, I will go put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt. I said, this could just defeat the purpose. I got it all in one stop right here. Two, so ba- two birds, price. one onesie. Two birds and one stone. So I looked and I said, uh, <laughs> So I saw it was, uh, I think it was like $35 or something like that, That's a man. steal. And that is a, listen, yeah, as, a, as a onesie connoisseur, $35 is an absolute if, if, steal. If we were to play prices Right on the onesie, I, I don't know what I have never even begin to know. <laughs> That's what a kind sweater of and pants for $35. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because when I was a kid, I had a snuggle bunny, man. I did used to like those a lot. When I was a kid, you had a snuggle uh, bunny with the little feet. Familiar? What is a snuggle yeah, with the bunny? Feet? It's the it's like it's just like a onesie except it has the feet in it. So it's like what Ralphie wears in a Christmas story, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Okay, when okay. I was a it kid, like man, a snuggle bunnies, right. was, yeah, snuggle bunnies were dope. Okay, so yeah, so I, I was like, man, let me get that, uh, and I got it. So some some of the really cold nights that we've had, man, I come home after the game and I put it on. If we win, I call it a onesie. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> we love it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I come in and I, you know, I throw it on, man, but it can get warm, man. It, it, it really can. What, what I, I, I don't wish this on you, but yet I do find it funny if you hear a weird noise in the night and you need to get up and you need to put the beat down on somebody and then you run out of the bedroom because of that noise in your onesie ready to beat down on someone. That's yeah. the kind of picture that I want to see at least play out sometime. Not not actual danger, just maybe yeah. a perception of danger. And then you run yeah, out yeah. with your hood dangling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready to go. Who's there? 
Okay. And I'm, well, that's what I want to see. And I'm gonna be warm if I got to step outside and win. I'm gonna be good. I won't be. Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, but I'll give you another scenario that you need to be prepared for as a onesie expert. Sorry. I can I can give you some I can give you some advice here. It's uh, yeah. getting up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom. What I suggest, yes. what I suggest is to run like a fire drill. Okay. You know how, you know, emergency preparedness is super key. Anytime you you want to know how to get out of your house quickly in the event of a fire, uh, and you want to actually run through that scenario so that you and your family are prepared. I suggest the same thing for the onesie. Pretend like you really have to go to the bathroom, like it's happening now and get yourself (laughs) out of the onesie and, and just, you know, make some mistakes so that you don't make mistakes in your onesie. Yes, and I uh, and and I don't sleep in the onesie. It comes off before bed, uh, but okay. yeah, it comes off before bed. I put it on when I get up, man. But yeah, okay. so I got that, and then uh, you know gave Lamelo a little more of my money. So I got oh, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, got I mean, you, got you know what I'm saying? I got the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got those. I got my son a pair too, man. So you know that's another thing, Walker. You know when you have a abnormally large son that wears a man's shoe too, <laughs> yeah. then you start paying for two pairs of men's shoes. Wait, which and is going to happen? Like I'm, I mean, I'm huge. Like that's it's that's gonna, what I'm saying. Yeah. So you, yeah. you know, you got a ten year old that wears a nine and a half, and you pay for uh, two pairs of men's shoes. So the days of buying kids' shoes have long been gone. And uh, yeah, so that, that that's another fun part as well. And he he's yet to wear his because in a Brian household, the behavior, the academics have to all match up before we get the goodies. That's right. So, that's you know, good, I told him, which, yes, but you know, it's not like my son is spoiled rotten. So it's not like it's a slouch. He has a nice pair of Kyrie's that I paid 120 for that he plays <laughs> basketball and no, those are his designated basketball shoes. Are those low tops? Because the Kyrie's? Yeah. Or the, no, or the Kyrie's are mids. Okay, okay. He has no. those because he absolutely annihilates his school shoes. So you have to buy designated shoes. I'm like, these are strictly for basketball and when we hang out, man. Which, oh, I don't know if you guys saw on a pitch. I know you guys like that. Maybe not show and tell. But I did coach my son's basketball team on Saturday. It was my basketball coaching debut. Oh, uh, uh, one night only. Yes, I did. We won 20 to 8. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, what was your, well okay. Get, what was your offensive strategy? What was your defensive strategy? Man, so the coach, I just kind of went off of what he did. He was trying to teach them like zone concepts, but they're 10. I mean, you're fighting to get them to look at you for 10 seconds. Sure. And so, of course, Bryce is looking at me because I'm dad. <laughs> so he's looking. But even sometimes he's kind of wandering off looking at stuff. But I knew they had the best team. And I'm not saying that just because it's my kids' team. All the other teams, they have maybe one good kid, but my son has like four good players on his team, which I get a little jealous. You know what I'm saying? We, we're veering off here. I get a little jealous. I never won anything. No type of championship <laughs> I won. My son already has been on an undefeated championship team. At NST and he's on now, they have one loss and cruising towards another championship. So I'm there like, you got to live vicariously. You got to just yeah, jump and my on son that train. Is Tim Tebow. He's just winning everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I just came out and just told him that I tried to tell him a little bit of zone. Then when they had one kid that was hitting a couple of buckets, that was a little problematic. I tried to coach him up to double him to get the ball out of his hands, but they, they didn't really listen or whatever, but they were so good. And then offensively, you just got to let them go. They're 10 year olds, man. You can't like coach cats, them to run an like offensive set. You're going to have a couple of them that think they're good and they're going to shoot the ball every time they get a chance, no matter how many kids in their face. But what Bryce makes his bones is that 
uh, he's by far the tallest kid out there, and he's uh, pretty good at rebounding. So he eats off the misses. So that's uh-huh. what he gets his just buckets throw, off. Just, just throw throw and throw yeah, and he gets the steals, but he'll get the steals and he'll get some rebounds and go coast to coast. That was some of my more coaching moments was getting on certain guys for doing certain stuff. And, like, one time my son got the ball, he stole it, and he's going – and I'm telling him he passed the ball. And I'm like, Bryce, do not pass the ball. You had a one-on-one. Take it all the way. So the next time he got it, I think he got a rebound or something. I'm yelling out, all the way, all the way, all the way. And so he takes and the kid was like right in his hip pocket. And he puts the ball off the glass and it rolled. And then it just teed it off the front. I was like, oh. Mm, sometimes oh, that. Sometimes yeah. LaMelo does that, I feel like. Sometimes LaMelo <laughs> oh. is a little too unselfish, maybe trying to yeah. rack up a few more assists. Yeah, yeah, And you're yeah. like, man, just son. take that to the cup. Yeah, I tell my son, I'm like, you the biggest dude out there. I said, score his mentality. I said, when you get the boss, unless it's two kids on you, I said, try to score every time. So, yeah. So, we did that. But, yeah, I got the mellows I got here. So, I told him he would not be wearing his mellows to hoop in until I get a, a great week, which he's not, which let me preface it by saying, you know, not a bad kid, no fighting or nothing like that. He is dad reincarnated, okay? Talking, disrupting. Gotta keep him focused. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dad all gotta over put the blinders again. on. So, yeah, so I said, man, we got to get that good week. So, hopefully, this week he can finish up strong so he can rock his uh, his Mel too. But, yes, yeah, so okay. I got those, man. And I got a red blazer coming for y'all that I just got. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait. To, but I can't wear it on Thursday because I can't represent the ops. I can't be wearing the Miami Heat. Makes coat. sense. Makes That's sense. Right. You know? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, but you, you save that for us. You, you make okay. your debut in the, in the blazer okay. and you do that on Wednesday next week. Yeah. That was a ton of fire. Okay. Like here we are talking about your mellow shoes, your coaching debut. We started this <laughs> off with a onesie. I mean, yeah. it was straight fire. <laughs> Doug, do we go straight fizzle or fire right now? Or do you want to save that for next week? Possibly. Uh, here's what I would like to do. Uh, okay. We'll we'll release. I want to do it right now because I spent the time to prepare it. But we will release yes. it as a bonus YouTube video. So let's go I ahead. Like and that, man. We'll I wrap the show that. and then we'll okay. do a bonus fire and fizzle. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you haven't had a reason yet to go to YouTube, uh, then then visit us on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and see our bonus fire and fizzle with Wes Bryant. All right. Bonus stuff coming up. We are doing lots of things on the Lockdown Hornets <laughs> podcast, and we've got Wes for another segment. Thanks to him uh, for joining us for the main thing, the main podcast. And thanks to you for making us your first listen every day. Do make sure you go check out and make your second listen Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Have a great rest of your day. Not only will we we be back with you with a bonus episode with Wes Bryant in just a moment, we'll also be back with you tomorrow to talk about the game coming up against the Miami Heat. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.